0: Now, back to your tech report.
1: We're back on your tech report. Thank you guys so much for being with us each and every single week. I need to change that lineup, Mitchell. Uh, Please follow along (laughs) on all our social media. It is at your tech report where you're going to want to go right now because we're going to post a link to a very uh, exciting Kickstarter campaign that Mitchell is about to tell you more about. And our guest is standing by.
0: Uh, you know what? Uh, we, we love being able to talk about things, you know, th- that are interesting to everyone, of course. And of course, we also especially love things that are interesting to everyone, but also special to us, Mark. So, you know, we've talked about board gaming on this channel a lot, especially the tech aspects. I try and mix in, you know, the tech aspects for things that are really Selfish that I want to talk about because I love board games, right? You said it, but you know, I know, I know, I know. But we we also, you know, you know, board gaming is a is a fairly analog hobby, but there is a digital slash tech aspect to it. So we had on a while ago, who has since become a friend of the show, Noah Edelman. He is the man behind Game Trays. Now, Game Trays is a company that over the years has, you know, when you buy one of the hobbyist board games that you'll fund on Kickstarter, and they have these incredible inserts where everything is organized perfectly in these in these vacuum formed plastic shells. you know, so you can organize your game quickly, get it to the table quickly, pack it back up in the box. And so Game Trays earned a fantastic reputation for making gaming look better, run better to the table, make you play your games more often. And Noah came on the show with us and talked about, because he's an engineer by trade, and he created this company based on his engineering skills, being able to suss out exactly how these pieces fit in. So he talked to us about the tech behind that. But guess what, Mark? Game Trays did not stop. Game Trays didn't stop at making cool stuff for existing games game trays is now publishing a game of its own for the first time game trays labs which is part of game trays is now coming out with their own game on kickstarter and here to tell us more the man the myth well actually the man behind game trays and everything game trays labs he is noah edelman noah welcome back to the show man how are you
2: i am awesome thanks mitch
0: how was that for like hey, an unscripted smart. intro? Because I have, you know, we have nothing written down. It no,
2: was great. Uh, that was I, from the heart. And I was from- expecting some sort of entry music after you ended. We have that. After, don't, don't worry no, about no, no. that. We're going D- to
0: don't push no. it. Okay. He's expecting way too much production value yes. for that That's introduction. Right. You need it's to be on hard. at
1: least, what is it, 17 <laughs> times before you get your own music. You have to compose it. It's it's a whole. Yeah, the whole legality. No, I got to ask you a question. How long has this been in the making for you? Because this, I know this is not a, a very quick process. So this is yes. obviously has been leading up to this point for a while.
2: Yeah. So the game is forsaken and we started on this about two and a half years ago at this wow. point, uh, it was uh, an idea that I've always wanted to do and work on. And since I have access or not access, I have I'm friends with a lot of industry designers and, developers of board games. I always wanted to work with them to get my own game under the Game Tray's name. So two and a half years ago, I, I uh, hooked up with uh, Travis Chance, who is also is a board game designer in the industry, and we let's make this game. And then COVID happened. So now it's two and a half years later. The normal process could take two and a half years, but COVID definitely pushed things back. <laughs>
1: Was it a hard sell on, on on Travis or was it something that you just came to him and he's like, oh, of course, man?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, well, pretty much I ask every one of my designer friends, like, <laughs> do, you to, do you want to do a game? Do you want to do a game? And then Travis was the first one to say yes. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, Wait, it was it was great. You know what I wanted to bring up? And this is something I know you said the part of it was probably because of COVID. But there's a good chance that even without COVID that the development period could take two, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. You don't know. So. I think it's important that you bring that up because I think they're, to the uninitiated, to people that don't know how Kickstarter really works, it's a crowdfunding platform, but most people don't go there with just an idea, say, hey, here's the idea, right. let's just fund it. I mean, there is so much groundwork that goes before putting it on Kickstarter. The game has to be developed. There has to be a game there to sell with right. mechanics, with figures. So, you know, you talk about just the development process. That includes production, uh, you know, of a working prototype of the game, which could take a long time to physically create so people need to know that it really does there's a lot of work that goes into making something before it ever appears on even on On the radar of kickstarter right
2: correct so that it definitely has become a lot different than it used to be where you could just say hey I have an idea for a game do you want to help me figure out how to do that and you could get money that way but now there's so many board games that that go on kickstarter that and not just kickstarter other crowdfunding sites uh, are out there as well but uh, you have to basically prove that your game is the one that they should back at this any given point, because so I always... have an actual game. So
1: was it always a plan to go on Kickstarter or was it, you know, just to, you wanted to gauge the interest before you actually well, and two
2: to... and a half years ago, um, Kickstarter was pretty much your only option. Yeah. There was GoFundMe, but it wasn't really used for this type of thing. Well, I mean, I guess uh, you then... could always
1: do like a poll, just poll the audience. Do you want this game? But I guess crowdfunding helps people you know re, you know put your money where Bold your money man your money, right? exactly. yeah. Got to get the money
2: so yeah but, the, but since then there's been two other crowdsourcing websites specifically for board games because it's such a big part of kickstarter that it, it and it kind of blossomed out into other companies doing it so there's a company called game found and there's uh, backer kit another company that just launched their crowdsourcing or crowdfunding um Platform for specifically mostly for gaming stuff.
1: Well, and that actually is ex- exciting in itself for the industry because it shows you the growth in which it is going through right now, which is a, which is a fun opportunity, I think, for not only you but other people who are developing and creating these games.
2: Yeah. So when we came when we launched our game last Tuesday, there was at least ten other games that launched that same day. That's Every crazy. Tuesday. I mean, there's not it's not always on Tuesday, but most people launch on Tuesday for some reason, and Every Tuesday is going to be another dozen, depending on the time of year, two dozen games can launch on the same day.
0: Well, I mean this really has turned into the the movie industry now where you know you executives sit around and try and plan okay well you we don't know we don't want to go up against this movie because we know yes. that's coming out but the yeah. thing is with because there are so many games that are funded mm-hmm. up through Kickstarter you don't necessarily know what you're going up against so I mean it's I mean you might have some right. idea because you're I mean you better than most because yes. you you know you know the pulse of the industry and you you actually do work for a lot of the companies that exactly. are probably putting out Kickstarters <laughs> to compete against your very own so there is
2: one that launched day after mine that I that I am doing trays for,
0: for their game. <laughs> talk about cannibalizing your own, your own Kickstarter. But, you know, I want to also talk, I'm gonna, I am I want to use this as a way to sort of get into the game itself. The game is Forsaken. Um, I, I'm, I hear a lot of people, and I've been watching a lot of videos, and the industry is very excited about this. I mean, you watch you watch Rado, you watch Quackalope, you watch a lot of the big board game uh, folks on YouTube and in the industry, they're really excited about this game. If I had to use two words, really quickly i'd say space western but it's so much more than that can you talk a little bit about the game i know it's an open world game which i love sandbox games those are great so talk a little bit about the game itself
2: yeah you basically said the, the three key words sandbox space western is really what it is um where uh, you're take on a persona or a role you take on a role of a uh, someone who's coming to a desolate planet that's been uh, stripped of all of its resources and the imperiad who Came there with all their huge equipment and stripped the place, basically just up and left one day and left basically scavengers and people there on their own and without the proper, I guess, way to get off that planet because it's a distant planet. So there's basically people that left on this planet and they are the forsaken. So you're trying to maintain, you're trying to make glory for yourself in this new open Western world in, in space. And you, do and you can that. play
0: different characters right and there are different experiences exactly. you can have is you sort of explore your character's story because there are individual storylines and it's a yeah. branching story so you don't really mm-hmm. know how the game which is one of the things i got excited about it's worse. i mean i know you so i was excited for you but Excited about the game itself, knowing that there are these bra- these different characters with branching storylines, and you're not really sure where that storyline is going to take you throughout the game. Which you know, for a gamer that loves, for someone that loves video games, and to be able to have similar experiences at the table but with people socially—that's that's like that's the part I think that's super exciting for me.
2: Yeah, I really wanted to take the story aspect of a game to a different direction that a lot of story games are out there. So it, it, it is a one-time play a game it's not a one-time play i mean you could every time you play the game it's different but it's right. not a continuous story that you have to go through several campaigns or several uh, versions of the game to get to a certain ending right. but every time you play the story will be different based on the characters you play with there's going to be uh, over 10 characters that you can play as and each one of those has their own storyline that you can branch through in different ways during the game in different sessions they can go different ways but also you're interacting with the planet itself so the planets one planet and the two moons have their own story decks and depending on which cards you come across as you're exploring this land it will change the decks of other planets or other moons oh, that's uh, cool. during that game so if you come across uh, someone that asks for help finding their their lost kitten or something like that a space kitten, space then kitten you'll say yes yeah. i want to help yeah. you or no go you know, hit the road. And that so, decision
0: has repercussions later on in the game.
2: Exactly. You oh, might I actually shuffle it. in a card on another planet and then someone may find the kitten. that wasn't there before. Or, the kitten
0: grows up and kills you for not Exactly.
2: It, so it turns out to be a giant tiger. <laughs> it wasn't actually a kitten. Then you have to fight it now.
0: <laughs> I think that's awesome. Yeah, that, So that's each really character
2: cool. has their own story, but they all intertwine with the, the planet stories. And there's specific cards, which I think is one of the cool aspects, new things that we're doing is, you may come across an encounter on one of, one of the moons or planet that says, read your story encounter from the book. So if you're playing oh, wow. as this character, Pierce, or this character, Soul, you will read a different encounter on that planet. And it will be different and specific to the story that that character has already going on
0: that's really important because again you're talking about replayability and of course because there's so many branching stories but the idea that you could come across something as a different character in a different gameplay right. session and say oh i know what's going to happen and i know you don't because this is a different characters different playthrough you're finding at a different exactly. point of the game and plus being able to inter- there's yeah. three
2: factions oh that gosh. live on the planets that are kind of like they're you know little gangs three gangs that have kind of made name for themselves and you can do jobs for them if you want Get reputation with them in different by doing different things and there's also that also could change the events on different planets let's say you come across another person that's offering you to buy something and it'll say do you have reputation with uh, the sanctioned faction already if you do this guy is a sanction supporter and he'll give you something if you're not he may just have you buy something? But if you're have a reputation in a, in a rival faction, he may start fighting you all of a sudden. So there's a lot of different things that could change. The same card that would come up in multiple plays.
0: You, you know what? I I hear you explaining the game. I hear you talking about, it, and I've always talked about the not the symbiotic relationship, but sort of like the crossover there is between video gaming and board gaming. And mm-hmm. this this kind of game to me, Forsaken in particular on Kickstarter right now. We suggest you going back immediately. <laughs> um, shameless plug. Uh, it, it, it has the vibe of a video game to me when I hear it, when I think about it and when I, you know, when I explain it and talk about it with other people. And I think I'm always looking for a way, and Mark, I've been trying to do this with Mark as well, but it's hard because we live on, you know, not only different countries, different parts of the continent in general. I'm always trying to think of new ways to bring more people into the hobby. And I know that video gamers in general are, are open to board games because it's a different style of gaming and it's in person and there's a visceral human contact and response but I really think the more people that hear about this, especially video gamers, that want to make sure that their experience, what the, what they're used to, the depth of experience that you're used to, and that a digital experience gives you, translates really well to the table. And I think this game is sort of a perfect example of that it's the perfect storm. So you hear that, you know, video gamers, Thanks. if you think board gaming isn't for you, you're wrong. Go back forsaken <laughs> now. I, I just, yeah, I, before I, before you jump in, no, there's something I wanted yeah. to say. And I think Mark, you know, if he didn't already have this in mind, I might beat him to it. I don't know. So... Here you are. We, we have talked off the air, we've talked about your business, you've been kind enough to sort of give me some insight into how to Game Trays works, both on the show and off, which I'm appreciative of and for as a gamer, I learn a lot. And one of the things that is interesting to me, so as the man behind Game Trays, you design this great insert, you put it together, you know, by the specs that the publisher gives you. But at the end of the day, you're beholden to the specs that they give you, okay? They say, we're gonna put 20 miniatures in. Please, Noah, find a great way to make a tray for it so we can fit it in this box. And you do your job and you do your job perfectly. And then you send it off to the publisher and then they get the game. They say, you know what, we love this. I'm gonna try and squeeze one more thing. Thanks Noah so much, we got it from here. They try and (laughs) squeeze one more thing, it throws off. You're like, wait a minute, that's not what I designed. So here you are in situations where once you send your babies off, now it's up to the publishers to sort of like leave it alone put it out there into the world as you designed it and if they don't at the end of the day people come back and say hey game trays you what what's the matter that one figure that extra figure didn't fit you are like you're like it's not my fault they added it afterwards i had no control so here we yep. are fast forward to 2022 you're putting out your own game you're in complete control of this more pressure do you enjoy the autonomy of that because now you know pressure or not it's on you so i was thinking about that it must be nice to not worry about having to send it off and say whatever happens happens now you finally get full control of everything good thing It's, it's sort of put pressure on you or a little bit of both
2: a little bit of both for sure it's definitely there there is the almost anonymity of being a part of all these games that i've been a part of um that i know that the trays are going to be good when i Make them because that's what I do best, and that's what I do all the time, and I love doing it. So, even if there is a small problem with the tray that happens, like you were explaining, with changes in production, they didn't tell me. It's still going to be pretty good and way better than most. Oh, of uh, course, yeah. Inserts so. That is—it's more nerve-wracking now because I have to make sure the game is good as well, which is a lot harder to do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's something that I don't know how to do as much as I know how to make trays. Like I can make perfect trays all day, but uh, it's hard to make a perfect game for sure. And uh, so it's a lot more pressure, a lot more riding on it as far as you know reputation and things like that. But its it's came together really awesome, and people are loving it. The trays are awesome, which I haven't even talked about the trays in this game yet. Well, would you like to talk, this is your
0: time. Tell us about the trays that are in. Wouldn't it be be funny if it's like, it was like the lamest design yet. Yeah, I made some cardboard and stuck it together. We don't really care about the trays in this one. Somehow I don't think that's what happened.
2: The central point is this dice tower. So it's not just your normal dice tower. It has a tray at the bottom, and the tray and the way, has are, multiple. Just tiers. so you
0: know, no, I'm going to stop you real quick. There's some people that don't know what a dice tower is.
2: Sure, go ahead.
0: The, yeah, no, no. So a dice tower is they're really cool devices, actually. If you have a game that involves dice rolling, especially more than two, if you're if you're rolling several dice, it's a contraption that you put the dice into the top, you feed it in, and the dice bounce throughout this little you know tower, and then they come out and they shoot out the bottom. And basically, it's like a, it's a rolling tower. The tower rolls the dice for you and then spits them out in front of you. But this is I think a little more suave and sophisticated, more sophisticated than the way I just explained it, right?
2: Uh, that was a pretty good explanation, but that's <laughs> that just describes the part where you put the dice in. And it. the part that's different from my tray is it has yes. a landing zone that has oh. four different tiers. So the dice, not only are you counting the roll of the dice and how where they land, but also the tier that they land on will affect the value of that. Oh, that's those really dice. cool. So. I know you guys are on audio mostly, but yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a little demo of the dice tray here.
0: Oh, wow. If you're on YouTube, you'll see exactly yes. what he's doing yeah, right exactly. now, by the way. But go ahead. Yeah.
2: So here, I'll just pull this up. You can see that there's multiple tiers to this tray. And you're going to count different levels. Yeah. the value of the level plus the, the value of the dice. So
1: that's cool. when you're
2: battling against someone, you're going to count up all of your dice, all the white dice, and then the person you're battling against, or the monster you're trying to defeat will roll his blue dice, and if your total's higher than them, you've successfully... Defeated that that roll, but there's also cool gear cards that allow you to, to manipulate the dice on the tiers that they uh, land on. So you can make someone re-roll one of their dice that lands in the super high five point hit and have <laughs> oh, them re-roll it before you know keep things in there. And re-roll that one dice and now it's up top where it's not worth as much. So that's
0: very clever. I've never there's seen a lot of cool like things that. like that. See, this yeah. is the beauty of having an engineer. Uh, as as part of the game creation process because you come up with really cool stuff physical stuff (laughs) and mental stuff yeah
2: and travis chance and mike mahelsick are the two designers of the game right so i basically told them two and a half years ago i want to do this tray this dice tower idea right that was my that was my input make a game (laughs) around this tower and this was my input and they're like okay let's this is what they came up with, basically. <laughs> so you know what?
0: Though it's not that it's not that strange. I mean, Hollywood does the same thing. It's like yeah. here's this. We have this really cool thing. Let's create a movie around that one concept. It's like, uh, really? Like, yep. And that happens all the time. Yeah, so, Rado it, was,
2: and also Rado's speaking of movies. Rado's was saying that it it, it reminded him of, of playing. If you were like in The Mandalorian, this is like playing The Mandalorian game. <laughs> as far I, as I, I love that, the, the adventures I, that you go on and stuff.
0: That's fantastic. Now, Mark, uh, you've been you've been quiet for way too long. And I know Mark is giving me <laughs> all the room because he knows how excited I am about this. So I know he's being a good he's being a well, good I do know what the is, Mark. I do now. Did you know? I do now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now, obviously, you know, depending on when people are listening to this, um, there's still a couple days to go. Still some days to go and some some more money to be raised. You've, you've surpassed your goal. So, you know, you're going into production with this mm-hmm. now. Uh, your, your delivery on... On the final product is end of next year, right? So I'm curious, Correct. what is what is now that you've gone through the process of design, mm-hmm. designing it, prototyping it, and what's the what's the next steps for you? Like, what are what sure. are you doing over the next year other than just making this?
2: Yeah, so the the game, you know, you 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 can't complete the game 100% before you kickstart because one of the main things that people like about Kickstarter, who, who back things on Kickstarter, is the idea that they're going to be able to make the game better by helping us fund at higher levels. So if we get, by the end, to another stretch goal, another um, value of our funding, we can then, we have extra money because the price per unit will go down for us. And we can now add a a special color uh, dice or something like that that will add value to the game, production value to the game. or thicker cards or thicker cardboard or things that make the game better that they don't have to pay extra for because it's we're going to be able to add new better things to the game just by getting that cost per game down with higher print runs right just like most things so it 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 really makes the backers part of the the game itself thinking you know that they or they are helping us make the game better yeah. by funding it but after the kickstarter ends is finishing the game right so there is, is a lot a lot of the way done but there still is things that come up during the kickstarter too like with questions we've got over 500 individual comments currently on on the kickstarter campaign we answer every question that comes up and sometimes they're they bring up points that we want to make changes to the game about i was so, just going to yeah, ask you that yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they noticed something and that we didn't notice obviously when you this many more eyes on it than just the three of us over the last two years you're going to find a lot of things that you might want to add to make the game better just by helping the crowd so we finished the game and that our goal for that is early next year so february january february and then we'll get uh, production samples then once those are approved we'll we'll start production and then by the end of next year they should be being delivered to the fulfillment partners which will then send them all the games individually off to all the backers.
1: What I love about these, these campaigns is that the you know the various levels, this is not like some of the products we've seen in the, some of the early days of Kickstarter where you're spending, you know, literally hundreds, if not even more, dollars. Like I mean, to together with the highest level at, you know, of what you've listed here. And of course you can go to more, You're talking about um $194, you know, listed right. here. And you get involvement in creating something. That's that's pretty cool because yeah. it's rare that you get other types of products where you can actually exactly. be involved in the development. I think that really does set it apart.
2: It's scary too. Like yeah. imagine if if you had people making and there there are electronics that get funded this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's hard. It's 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 interesting feeling to have everyone know how much money you're making on a product. Yeah. But because they, they don't know the cost, it's, there's a lot of this is cost. So you're basically trusting them, and it's it's an open world and. Just like my my board game is an open. Exactly. I was going to say that was a very good, very good callback. But you know, it's it's a trust thing, and it's it's a very unique and very is very interesting
0: for sure. Well, you know what? In all fairness, and Mark sort of touched on this. Uh, there are some companies, especially now, the Kickstarter or the crowdfunding has become so immensely popular and a great option for getting things out to market. Uh, once you know people start sort of there's some companies that use it as a fulfillment center instead of a creative center they use it as a way to fulfill or to gauge how many units they're going to sell yes a pre-order a better way thank you noah uh, a way to pre-order.
2: make yeah
0: yeah, they're they already made the product they want to know how many people are actually going to spend the money on it but it was that's not really what kickstarter was designed to be Mm -hmm. and i think the board game although there are some board games that do similar things but for the most part that, you know, the board game industry knows, you know, that people love this collaborative aspect of the process. Uh, they like being able to make a comment and see you guys not just respond, but respond by making an adjustment or saying, you know what, you're right, we didn't think of that, we're going to put that in. Or, and that's, that's empowering to people. And I think that's why people sort of flock to this platform. And that's what makes it so hard to wait, because you know, intellectually going in, okay, my game could take you know, a year, you know, or, you know, with the shipping issues, you know, there are things that are out of our control that could add a few months to it. So you're not quite exactly sure of the exact day you're getting it. So that's, you get so, Oh, I really want this now, but that is really offset by the fact that you're excited to be a part of the process. And I think that's why, you know, Kickstarter is so successful. Okay.
2: So, and we're also not going to like shut up after the campaign's over. We're going to continually talk to the backers the whole year up until we ship it to them because they're one and they'll give them updates and show them pictures of how the production's going and samples which also keeps them involved in the process
0: No, that's fantastic so to to make sure people know head over to kickstarter the game is forsaken f-o-r-s-a-k-e-n just to make sure people know this game funded in three hours under three hours i think you're being a little generous when you said you know you're being you know Keeping it close. But yes, this game funded in three hours. It continues to just roll up and up. And while some games, you know, they peak after the first day or two, this game continues to accelerate. And I think, again, that speaks to the excitement that's been generated within the hobby, not just from people outside looking at but people within the hobby, talking about it, getting excited. Uh, Noah, we wish you the best we know that you're going to come back and once this game is funded once you know what mark let's do this oh the
1: game's funded by the way it's already no no no, funded. no no i mean not
0: not once it's funded i mean once the once the technically once it closes once the project ends and they officially say it's happening it's fun but we know it's yet yeah, funded instantly sure. but once the kickstarter is done and you are more entrenched in the post kickstarter activities we would love to follow up with you and sort of find out Because, again, this is a process that you're going through as a creator for the first time. Mm -hmm. We'd love to talk to you further down the line and maybe give our audience insight as to how how the Kickstarter process works beyond the actual funding of a product. How it goes on throughout the year and what the, you know, what the trials and tribulations are for you going through this. So maybe we can sort of follow your journey and sort of, you know, let let everyone know how the whole process works as we continue. Would you be willing to come back and torture yourself again?
2: I would definitely do that.
0: Thank you so much. So Noah, Noah Edelman, man behind Game Trays, Game Trays Labs. The game is Forsaken. Go to Kickstarter now. Make sure you back the game. Check it out. If it's for you, show the game some love and back it. And if you're anything like me, if you love open world games with exploration and different branching trees of possibilities, I think you're going to love this game. So Noah, thank you for coming. And we can't wait to have you back.
1: Check out our social media guys at Your Tech Report. And you will find a link, of course, directly to the Kickstarter. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: Your Tech Report will be right back.